Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the For Such a Time as This podcast. Now I'm your host, Epiphany Tanya, Prophetess Epiphany Tanya, whichever one you want to call me. We don't have to be big on titles, but I want to welcome you to the show today. Glory to God, glory to God. And I have such a word for you. And we're doing a new thing today on the podcast. This podcast will now be broadcasting on YouTube. So I want to welcome my YouTube family and audience to, for such a time as this, this podcast has existed, still does exist um, through Anchor FM, Spotify. We go to a lot of different places where podcasts are. So if you want to go back to some of the previous messages, you can always go to Anchor FM. It's under Epiphany Tanya. But let's get started. I'll also include a link down in the description section for my new YouTube audience. But we're going to get started. You know, if you're new here, you may not be familiar with the fact that I always start with prayer. So as we're accustomed to do, let us go into a word of prayer. Father God, we just bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. There is nobody like you, Lord. We love you so much, God. We give you all the glory, all praise, all honor, God. You deserve the glory, praise, and the honor. We lift your name up on high, God. Forgive us of our sins. Wash us clean. Have mercy on us, Lord. Cover us in your blood, Jesus. Be our protection, God. Be my protection now, God, as I broadcast this message, as I share the word, as I preach, Father God, as I teach, Father God. I just pray for your Holy Spirit to step into this broadcast, step into this message, step in, have your way in me, be in me, use these lips of clay, say what you want to say, have your own way, touch those under the sound of my voice, that they will be blessed, that they will be touched, that their lives will be changed as well. Break up the follow ground, let your word fall on good ground, Father God, heart, mind, body, soul. We pray for knowledge, wisdom, understanding, revelation, proper interpretation, rightly dividing your word of truth. Let us be not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word also. We ask you, Lord God, to do a work. We ask you, Lord God, to plant seeds, water seeds. Father God, have your way in this message today, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, draw them in to you. Let it be all about you, Father God. Less of me, more of you. Have your own way. Bind up and cast out backlash, retaliation, revenge. Cover us in the blood, protection, the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, protection between us and around us. Send your warring angels, archangels, got uh, high-ranking angels to encamp round about us. We thank you. Place your hand upon us that no evil may not harm us. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Like I said, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the broadcast. And again, this is for such a time as this. So um, on today, we're just doing something even more special because, you know, as you notice from the title of this podcast, it is for such a time as this. So that means that this podcast was built on a particular scripture in the Bible. So we're going to be talking about this particular book of the Bible today, which is Esther. Glory to God, Esther. So Esther is such a key figure um, prominent figure. So if you go back to the previous messages um, on Anchor, you would find part one. So this is actually part two of this series talking about Esther. In the previous message, 
we looked at Vashti, who was the queen before Esther stepped onto the scene. And so um, in, I believe it's Esther in chapter 2, 1, what happens is they begin to carry out this decree set by the king. And it was his wise men in, you know, who in chapter, I believe it's one, who advised him that he couldn't let this thing that Vashti did slide, right? So if you remember Vashti, she refused to come in in one verses 10 through 12. So she is banished. She's banished because she refused. Her disobedience cost her everything. So they carry out this decree in um, seeking out the versions or if we want to look at it as versions are going to be representing those that are pure, right? The pure ones from the land. And who do we find? Well, as we go into uh, chapter 2, 5 through 7, we find Esther, this little orphan girl. So, you know, we look at the fact that she's an orphan, which means she has neither mother nor father. But here we have Mordecai, you know. He's her, he's her cousin. He takes her in and he takes her in like a daughter. And so, you know, we talk about Mordecai. We're going to talk about Mordecai next time, next, next episode. But in chapter two, verse eight, they search out um, the pure versions. And onto the scene, we, we see Esther. Here comes Esther. She steps in. And so this is... But, you know, you got to recognize something about Esther that she's no ordinary orphan girl. And on the one hand, she's for all intents purposes. Um, she's. I want you to see that any one of us could be Esther. On one hand, she's no ordinary orphan girl. She's special and unique. But on the other hand, any one of us could be her. Right. So on the surface, yes, yeah, she's just an orphan, ordinary orphan girl. But. You know, we we learn that there's something more to her. There's something different about her. And she stands out. She stands out as this key prominent figure. So so what happens? So what is the special difference that we see in Esther? As soon as she steps on the scene, she obtains something from her overseers. Right. So if we go back to and I'm just going to pull up the scriptures. Um, pertaining to Esther. We're going to look at that. We're going to read some of that. So we go to 2, Esther 2, verse 8. It says, Hallelujah, glory to God. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together into Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And it says in verse 9 that this maiden pleased him. We're talking about Esther here. And she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave her her things of purification with such things as belonged to her. And seven maidens which were meet to be given to her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. And so, um, as we, as we look at this, as we look at this, what we see, what we see is that 
as soon as she steps onto the scene, she receives something of the overseers. And I propose to you that Esther had obtained favor. Esther obtained favor of God. But how? How did this little orphan girl step in and instantly get this favor of God? In verse 9, it says that she pleased Haggai and obtained kindness. We see that the word speedily is mentioned here. There is no hesitation on Haggai's part. He doesn't delay to give her the things of her purification. But not just that. Things that were such things that belonged to her. Look at what it says. It says these things, not only did he give her the things of her purification, but these were the things that belonged to her. That, that signifies an ownership. That signifies that she's starting to step into something that she didn't have before. Because remember, we're talking about a little orphan girl here. We're talking about somebody that for all intents and purposes should have been unrecognizable, should have been off to the side somewhere, shouldn't have been recognized, shouldn't have been known. You're orphan. You don't have any parents. You could almost be considered an outcast. Right? But she received maids. She steps into this place, into this palace, and now instantly, in an instant, she gets favor, just like that. And so it says that she received maids and he preferred her. Not only did he prefer her, but the Bible says that he gave her the best place in the house. The best place in the house. Not over here to the corner. Not, you you know, you just sit into the side. You know, it makes you think about when you go into a restaurant and um, you try to get reservations. And, you know, sometimes the people that are more prominent might get the best seats in the house. But maybe if you're not well known or not well connected enough, you might be seated over there by the bathroom somewhere. <laughs> that would be considered not the best place in the house. But in her situation, because of the favor that was on her life, she ended up getting the best place in the house. Glory to God. See, you think that Esther just started off being a little orphan girl who just happened to be among all these women that just happened to end up in the palace. But what I'm trying to tell you here is that this girl obtained favor. And we're looking at what was special about Esther that caused her to obtain favor. Remember, I said that while Esther is special, while Esther is unique, any one of us can be Esther. And I'm going to show you before the message is over how that is so. How you can be an Esther, how I can be an Esther, how we can be Esthers in our day, in our nation, in our time for such a time as this. Who knows if you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? So as we go on and we read that what, you know, what, what caused what garnered and rendered Esther to have all this favor? As we read, we, we ask this question. What garnered and rendered her to have all this favor? To answer that question, we have to go back to verse 9 and then 10. This orphan girl whose cousin, who stepped in like an uncle or a surrogate father, look what happened when she gets to the palace. In verse 10, it says that her adoptive father or the authority figure in her life charged her to keep her secret 
hidden. He charged her to keep her people secret and her people hidden. She didn't go in and pull rank. She didn't go in and say, do you know who my daddy is? She didn't go in and say, do you know who my pastor is? No, she was humble. She was humble and obedient. She followed the simple instructions as Pastor Wynell Freeman preached a message before about following the simple instructions. So I propose to you that Esther was learning the ways of obedience way before she ever stepped foot into the palace or the kingdom. My God, my God, glory to God. She was she was placed under authority and under that authority, she followed the simple instructions. Not only did she follow the instructions, but check out what else in verse 12. Let's look at let's look at verse 12. It says, now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Asuerus, after that, she had been 12 months according to the manner of the women. For so were the days of their purifications accomplished. To wit, they spent several months with oil of myrrh and several months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. Look look at what they're talking about here. Now we're, now we're getting into a topic of purification. So we see her going through a process. Can you imagine having to soap every day and some oil and perfumes for a full year? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So many of us just want to jump into stuff but who wants to take the time to properly prepare for it? So many of us want to just jump out and already be successful. But who wants to take the time to properly prepare yourself for that next level? My God. So favor can get you through the door, through and in the open door. But it's only by submitting yourself and going through a process that you get to stay there, my God, my God, my God. It's only through submitting yourself and going through the process that you get to stay there. My God, it's a, it's a message here for you. It's a word here for you. I hope you're listening. I hope that God breaks up the follow ground of your heart so you can hear this word from God. It's only through going through your process that you get to stay there. God can open any doors for you. It's not an issue. It's not a problem for God to open a door for you. That's nothing to him. That's a small thing to a giant as the, as the saying goes. That's nothing to God to open a door for you. God can bless you with unbelievable blessing. But the question is, do you have the character to stand and remain? So why do I need to prepare? That's the question. Why do I need to prepare? Most things that's worth anything are going to cost you something. That's why. That's why. It usually requires some length of time or a process that you got to go through when it's something that's worth something. Look at the oil. Look at the gold. Look at the diamonds. They all had to go through a process. What does this process do for you? Well, the process, those trials and tribulations that you're murmuring, complaining possibly about, that process that God is using to refine you, 
that process helps you inevitably to get ready for the next phase or the next test or the next level. So what's the next phase and what's the next test? You ask, it's the character test. What do we see right after she goes through this process of purification? If we go to chapters, chapter two, verse 13 through 15, let's read that. It says, then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of Shagaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her that she were called by name. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abigail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go into the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship you, Jesus. What does it say she does? Here we have a situation where all the women now, you know, and if you see the um, the reenactment, the movie that they did called One Night with the King, you get a visual picture of a representation of what happened. But each woman has the opportunity to go in with the king for a night, one night with the king. Because he's trying to determine, he's trying to decipher which one of these women are going to be able to fill the position that that Vashti left open. Vashti left a vacuum. It was a vacuum whole position because she didn't do what she needed to do. She disobeyed. And as a result, it left an opportunity, which was somebody else's blessing. Sometimes when you disobey and it costs you everything, it might be somebody else's opportunity. I don't know. So anyway, so now he's trying to figure out which one of these women is fit to be the next queen. And this is not something that they're taking lightly. So he's trying to discern. So each of them go in. So when it's Esther's time and chance to go in, it says that she requires nothing. And again, if we go back to the reenactment of it in the movie. We see that there was this, um, there was this uh, other woman who came in. She had all this stuff on and she asked for like all the gold and the jewelry. And she was, it was so bad. <laughs> It was so bad that uh, she ended up being such a distraction to the king that he couldn't even hold a conversation with her because she was so busy trying to bling, bling, shine. <laughs> and as a result, it was it was just too much distraction. She had all this stuff on, all the jewelry, all the clothes, the finest. So, so it says that Esther, on the other hand, she required nothing. And that... She takes only what's appointed to her. So there she is again. She's following the simple instructions. But this act that she does, where she requires and takes nothing only, of, but what's appointed to her is huge. Why is this huge, you ask, Epiphany Tanya? Why is this huge? Because this thing she does by requiring nothing is revealing her character. 
This is her character test right here. Here's where we see her embody 1 Peter 3, 3 through 5. Where it talks about if you're going to make yourself fancy, make sure that the true time and attention that you're giving and paying is to fixing up your inner man. To make sure that it's your heart man, the inward part of you that looks like the ornament. That you wear that ornament, you wear that decoration called a meek and quiet spirit. Where you make sure your spirit man shines brighter than your jewelry. Where you make sure that your spirit man is more on point than your hairdo. Will you make sure you're more fixed up and dressed up than any outfit? Now we're talking about humbleness and humility here. This is the character test that she had to go through. For which God exalts. Which as we see in verse 5 in 1 Peter, it says God's conscious God is, is, it's a great price. He considers it a great price. He's conscious of this and he considers it a great price for you to have an inward man that's shining, an inward man that you've invested into. He spoke to me and he said, it's about putting your feelings aside. And we're talking about building up this inner man. We're talking about this humble and humility and this humility and this humbleness and this quiet and meek spirit. Some of you are waiting for a feeling to submit, but that, that may or may not happen. So let's read on to see what happens when Esther has this big act of humility. Well, first she obeyed, then she submitted herself First, she's obeying, right? Remember, she's learning the ways of obedience with her, her surrogate adoptive father, Mordecai. She's learning the ways because he told her, he said, don't tell about your people. She kept her promise. She kept the people hidden. She kept the word that he gave her. He said, don't, don't do it. She didn't do it. She obeyed. So she's following humility. She first obeys. Then she submits herself to that process, the purification process to get herself ready. And now She's showing her character of humility. Let, let's look at uh, verse 17, verse 16 and 17. It says, so Esther was taken into King Hazuarus and to his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month to Beth in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look what happened. She's taken in and she's chosen. Look what happened. She's chosen. So think about this. Obedience gained her, got her favor. Submitting to the preparation process got her ready while humility got her chosen. Glory to God. Let's look at let's look at verse 18. Hallelujah. 
18 and 19, it said, Then the king made a great feast unto all the princes and his servants, <clears throat> even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and, gifts, and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. And Esther still had not showed yet her people or her kindred as Mordecai had charged her for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. My God. So what we see is she's still walking in obedience, even after she has received all these blessings, even after she's named the queen, she's still walking in obedience. So what's the message here? What's the message that we can take away from this great example story about Esther. What's the message? Here it is. Here it is. I hope you're ready. Hope you're ready. Open your ears to hear. It's obey. It's submit. It's humble yourself and repeat. My God. Obey, submit, humble yourself, repeat. My God. This is the this is the formula. This is the this is the process. This is the steps to your blessings, to your open doors, to your favor, to you maintaining the blessings, staying in place, staying in position. When God opens a door for you, so you would last, you would maintain, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a, a fly by night Christian. Hallelujah. It's obey, it's submit, it's humble yourself and repeat, my God. Because that's what she did. Remember, she started off as a little orphan girl who submitted herself to the ways of her adoptive father slash cousin. She obeyed his simple instructions. She was learning obedience even before she stepped into the kingdom. And then when she got there, she submitted herself to the process because they had a process that said, you got to sit here and you got to soak in these oils and these perfumes and you got to do this thing every day for a year. And she submitted herself to the process. She didn't try to jump out and just do something. She got herself ready and prepared. And then after she went through her process, there came a test that was going to test her character to see what she was truly made of. Was she going to be all rah-rah? Was she going to be all pompous? Was she going to put on a whole bunch of stuff and try to say, here I am, this is me? Was she going to try to get all the attention or was she going to let her character shine through? When it came time for her to go into the king, it says she required nothing. And what she did take with her was her character. She let her character speak for her. She humbled herself. She let a humble and meek and quiet spirit be the thing that made her stand out above the rest. You got to think when they went through all the kingdom, they went through all the nation and they were looking for somebody. They gathered up a lot of women, a lot of versions. They gathered up. But something about Esther stood out above all the rest. He said, "My now will my head be lifted up above my enemies. My God, there's something that God wants to do in your life that will cause you to stand out. Hallelujah. Without you trying to stand out, without you doing too much, glory to God, without you doing it, God can put something on your life, a favor on your life that even when you're not trying, you're still rising like cream to the top. My God, that's what he did for Joseph. Remember, Joseph was in the 
was in the prison and he still had favor from God. So no matter where Joseph went, the favor followed him. This is the same message with Esther. No matter where she went, the favor followed her, whether she was sitting in, in the back woods somewhere with the uncle obeying his commands or whether she went up into the kingdom and became the queen. She still had favor of God on her life. And what was the favor? The favor was produced by her obedience. Many are called, but few are chosen. And if you follow the ways and the will of God, you too can reach this level of favor that Esther had on her. You too can have doors open for you. You too can maintain the blessings that God wants to give to you. But it's about getting in this word and submitting yourself to God and his process that he wants to take you through. Where we lay down and lay aside the old man. Where we lay aside every sin and every weight. And we let God build us up with his word. We let God change our mind and transform our lives through his word. Hallelujah. But I'm out of time now. But I just want to say, if you don't know the Lord, this is the opportunity for you to give your life to him. Glory to God. And it's very simple. Just say a simple prayer. Father God, forgive me of my sins. You got to know we were all sinners. We were all born into sin. Forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Come into my life and my heart. I believe you died and you rose again. I give you my life for the rest of my life. If you give your life to Jesus Christ today, just say yes to him. It's very simple and easy. And he will forgive you. He will wash you clean. He will put you in a position to be like Esther, like your royal glory to God. But this message is going to continue. So follow me on Anchor FM Epiphany Tanya for the rest of this message. And I'm going to keep on going for those that are that are on anchor right now. Father God, I'm just praying us out. I'm just praying us out for all those who are listening, Father God. Touch and bless these listeners, Father God. Touch and bless their life. Help them, Father God, to really, truly know you and to really submit themselves to you and not fight against, not kick against the bricks, not kick against the bricks like Paul, who was Saul, who later became Paul, who kicked against and went against and went in opposition of you, God. I pray that they want to come to you and not fight against you because it might be just a saying, but it's so true that our arms are too short to box with you, Father God. Forgive us for our resistance. Forgive us for our opposition, our opposition even when we don't realize and know that we're opposing you. When we're agreeing with this world and all the things that this world is talking about and saying, a lot of times we don't recognize we're opposing you. But help us, God, help those that are listening under the sound of my voice, touch their hearts and their lives, prick their hearts, Father God. Let them really receive this message about obedience and humility and sacrifice and, and process and preparing ourselves. It's time to get ready because you said you're looking for a bride who is spotless, who is without sin, without stain. You're looking for that bride because you're coming back again. Let us be ready, God. Let us be ready to go with you. Let us be ready for the rapture, God. Help us, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you and glorify you. I thank you. I thank you. And I claim these souls for your kingdom. I claim their blessings for them. Lord God. Let us endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're living in such a time right now, God. We need you like never before. Strengthen us today, Father God, 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless your holy name. And we bind up and cast out backlash, retaliation, revenge. We pray that it catch fire, Holy Ghost fire, consuming fire, burning it away. And bless us and protect us today, Father God. Help us today. Walk with us. Talk with us. Hold our hands. Carry us. Keep us. Comfort us. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We worship you. We magnify you. And glory to your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory to God, glory to God. I love you, beloved. I love you and there's nothing you could do about it. I want you to go be great on purpose. And remember, whatever you're going through, God is turning that thing around for you. But what is it that God may be still requiring and asking of you? Is it something from this message? Is it the obedience? Is he giving you something to do and that you're not really hearing or listening when he's telling you something? Is it that you haven't properly prepared yourself, that you haven't laid on your face? Because maybe that message from Esther represents you, your consecration to God, where you fast and you pray and you lay on your face and you cry out to God for a certain number of days or time, whatever it is that he's calling you to. Or is it that he wants you to humble yourself? And forget about you and focus and concentrate on him. I don't know what it is for you today, but I pray that something in this message touched your life and changes your life and transforms your life. I love you, beloved. I love you. Like I said, there's nothing you could do about it. You're going to be great. You're going to go and be great on purpose. So check out all my services, books, everything I got going on. You can find me on Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash epiphany tanya you can find everything you want to know about my ministry there so i say bless you i'm so glad to have shared this podcast with you reach out like i said go on to that link and then find my information to reach out to me and um i see you next time god bless